What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome into another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. Reminder, if you use code TRIPLEPLAY22, you will get a 10% off discount. All the tools over on FantasyPoints.com. There's DFS tools, lineup optimizers. The redraft rankings are live. They're always talking PGA, golf, prop bets. Tons of great stuff over on Fantasy Points. Make sure you check that out. D Mendy here, back with you guys. Of course, joined by Marty Party and the Doc. Doc, your birthday was a week from today, yes, uh, last week, and we already talked about it on the football show. But for those that listen to the baseball show, how was your birthday party? Uh, it was good. Well, the actual party was good. We got to watch Adley's debut, which was mm-hmm. fun. So uh, you can't top that. I mean, he didn't get a home run, but it's cool seeing hopefully the the best catcher of this generation play his first game very lofty but it, it could be could be very much so and marty party back in the house here how you doing my friend dude i'm doing great i'm excited to talk uh you know about, about a bunch of baseball seeing adley rushman's first hit a triple dude i heard the adley chance i'm just super jealous yeah he's it was electric the only electric part of that stadium was when he would take at bats otherwise everybody was in their seats drinking not even paying attention to the game it was pretty crazy well, Randy uh, Rosarena is a funny guy. I got to give him some credit. Oh, that's right. I, I did. That's a good point. I will say he was looking at the crowd and just like dancing and just like, like acting like, what do you all hmm. want from me? Like, you, you, it was pretty funny. Like, I He'd like fake throwing the ball in one section and then like point to another one. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Uh, I'll tell you also, it's pretty cool. Since Elsie couldn't make it to the party tonight, we brought in the big guns and we brought in our friend here. You can see at the bottom of the screen, but you know, I got to intro him the proper way. Who is the man that would risk his neck for fan tracks to shed? Prospects out there, players all about. Right on, they think this cat cross is a bad mother. Talking about cross, he's a complicated man, but no one understands him like his man. Did you guys actually hear me? Okay, okay, guys, thank you for myself. Okay. Oh Eric my word, dude! That I without question, that is the most entertaining intro I've ever gotten on any pod I've gone on. Like <laughs> hands down, you had me in stitches. It looks like you had Marty and Doc in stitches as well. That was, I gotta give you, I gotta give you a round of applause for that one, David. You are so damn creative. You did not <laughs> disappoint, I, dude. I can't top that. Next to you come on tools, but I can't top that. I'm, I'm, I can't sing. I, I'm. I'm the guy that I can't sing karaoke unless I got a little, you know, alcoholic persuasion. But my <laughs> word, I can't top that. I don't know. My singing is pretty bad. I was just hoping at least the rhymes or the words would at least make it cool. But that was uh, good. It was good. Yeah, man. Uh, of course, <laughs> happy to have you back on here. Obviously, you're a pillar in the fantasy baseball space. You're also one of uh, our best friends in the industry. So we always love having you on. Why don't you tell uh, tell us a little bit what you've been up to? Just you know, you, obviously, you're doing tool shed. You write like a bazillion articles a week. Uh, but just, yeah, talk to us, man. What's new? 
Ah, man, not much. I'm getting ready to, uh, I know we talked about this before we started recording, getting ready to move finally, uh, just 20 minutes from where I live now. So still actually even closer to the Sea uh, Dogs that I go to many, many times a week. So that'll be a little bit easier on me. But yeah, just a uh, tool shed twice a week with Clegg. That's always, always a lot of fun. We actually just recorded our episode uh, earlier this afternoon for tomorrow's release. And yeah, writing anywhere from two to four articles a week at Fantrax and uh, the dynasty stock report over on fantasy pro. So just staying busy. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about you're getting ready to move too, man. Like it's, yeah. it's a never ending beret of things that you're doing right now. Uh, the twin, did you guys go to two shows a week for tool shit? Cause you guys used to do one, right? Yeah. We, when did we go to two shows? You know, I think it was like earlier on in the off season, like maybe like October, November. Cause we, when, when Clegg and I kind of like sat down and we're like, you know kind of planning out the off season we were like we had so many different episodes we wanted to do we're like dude there's no way we can get this all in before like opening day by doing one a week so we're like hey let's try two a week just to get through like some of these episodes and then it just stuck and kind of fits our theme now we do one show our early week show is more like a dynasty prospect focus and then the one later in the week has more mlb more redraft in it so it's it's a good little mix I love it. Yeah. I mean, again, you guys, one of the top prospect stuff out there with that podcast. And yeah, we talked about all your writing. Uh, Marty Doc, what do you guys say? You guys ready to hop in here? We I, we got Eric here, so we got to put him to good use. We got to help Let's do it. Help people with their leagues and their problems here. But before we, we get started, buddy Albert checking in. Good afternoon. Always appreciate Hello, him Albert. popping in here. Matt said MLB updated their prospect rankings and somehow still don't have Vinny Pasquantino in their rankings. Also, why is Corbin Carroll not in their top 10? Eric, what are they doing over on MLB.com? Well, I can kind of see the Vinny thing because, you know, obviously there's real life and not fantasy focus, and Vinny's just not really good defensively. That's <laughs> why so he's, he's probably a DH or at best a first baseman, but he should be top 100 at least. And Corbin Carroll, I don't even understand why they don't have him top 10. I haven't looked at pipelines. I'm not sure exactly how far outside the top 10 he is, but did that, have they seen what he's doing this year in AA as a 21-year-old? I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's being ridiculous. He's, I think he's been mentioned uh, on like every prospect thing I've listened to, like at least once a week. He's that, he's that damn good. He's my number one dynasty prospect now. Now that Witt and uh, and Rodriguez have graduated, it's him. I mean, it's, he's not the clear-cut one, but I think he, he's my number one. Yeah, I mean, maybe at some point they'll update that. But uh, yeah, man, that's a really good question. But that's why you don't go to, to MLB Pod. When you go to the uh, prospect tool shed, patreon and you go and check it out there because they that's where you'll be able to find some of that prospect stuff that you need that mlb.com is not going to show you um of course buddy toby popping in always appreciate him checking out here and then i think you know <laughs> yeah oh hey mike how you doing buddy and even better the other eric's even bigger trash so wait there's a reason why you haven't been invited on recently carlin <laughs> we need to just just for the fact that you guys need to talk trash again so, so of wait, course, I'm, he doesn't I'm, even use his real name. He uses SK. Pablo I know he, he, he hides behind he hides <laughs> behind the alias. But I get to wonder. Like, so, who's who's Eric? Who's the other Eric? Am I the other Eric? I think you're Cross, and I'm other Eric. Oh, did he say Cross in the other yeah, one? He did. Yeah, he did. Oh, I missed. I I thought he was. Just yeah, okay. but, I mean, the bigger trash. Of okay, course, has to okay. be me. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who he dis who he funningly dis or that's not a word. Who he who he makes fun of more between the two of you, but no, it's gotta be me. I'm sure. But, uh, it's bo- both a lot. Like it's a, it's a high level on both. 
uh, we're gonna get the show ro- uh, show rolling here. And uh, of course, when we have good guests on, we we don't get into this to like ten minutes in, but that's all good. My soundboard for some reason is not hooking up the way I wanted to. So you guys do not get a chance to hear my great sound drops for all the segments. But we do have all the slides like we normally do. Uh, we of course start off in our rundown. We take a look at our players that wowed us. So who caught our eye over the past week here? Kicking things off with Frankie Schwindel. You guys like that picture from? I thought that was pretty justified when I saw Two that. Two thumbs up for Frankie like Two it. Bags. Yeah. So these are stats. I will preface are going into Wednesday's games, so they are one game dated here. But over his last seven games, a two fifty nine, three thirty three, seven forty one split, four home runs, six RBIs, six runs, three walks, and four strikeouts. Four home runs and five RBIs over his last four games. The K rate is the highest of his career. Walk rate is lowest of his career. So there are some troubling signs in there. Uh, I'm going to go to you first, Mr. Marty Party. What did you see from Frank Schwindel, and is he worth a pickup in 12 or 15 team leagues? Yeah, well, 15 team teams, 15 team leagues. I think he's already gone. 12 team, yeah, you can you can ride the the hot hand, but I mean, if you go to a stack stack has page, everything is just like Mr. Freeze, man. So <laughs> what we're seeing is K rates super through the roof. He's not walking at all. Batting two fifty nine, yeah, the, the 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 power is there, and he's getting the at bat. So I would I would ride it here, but again, I was I wasn't fully invested in going into this year, and I definitely am not hopping back on the bandwagon now. But um, if if you need somebody for this week or next week, I would ride it. I'm gonna say I'll say Doc and Cross. So Cross, are you with Marty on that? Yeah, and no, I'm I'm pretty much right there with Marty. You know, I I love Frank Schwindel. He's just a likable guy. Just look at the slide. How can you not look at that guy? <laughs> look at that face. See him the two thumbs up. Got the got the eye black and everything. Got the got the shades on the hat. You, you gotta love Frankie Tanky. I love Frank Schwindel. And I was kind of surprised when he got sent down, even though it was just very briefly. But yeah, the metrics have never been like outstanding. Even like last year when he was, you know, like a top 10 hitter in the National League over the final what two, three months, whatever it was. Like the metrics weren't great. Like you look at there was like the quality of contact was like middle of the road. The approach has always been pretty solid in terms of, you know, not striking out a lot. And he's always hit for a high average. So does minor league career. So I think the average can be pretty solid and you'll get a little bit of power. That's about it. But I, I'm just glad to see him back up. And uh, I think, yeah, 15 teamers. Absolutely. And 12 teamers. Hey, if you need a corner infielder, first baseman, I think he's worth a look right now. Well, it's just see along the hot streak rides at least. I agree for this next person though. If Frank Schwindel is the appetizer, this is the main course for me. Tyrone Taylor, who I, I'm absolutely loving everything, just what he's been doing right now. A 400-429, 900 slash line, three home runs, 10 RBIs, four runs, a walk, and two strikeouts. He has three homers and nine RBIs, and I'm pretty sure he got an RBI last night. So three home runs and 10 RBIs over his last five games. And it says Lorenzo Cain that's supposed to say Hunter Renfro. Supposed to miss extended time, so he's going to get an opportunity in the outfield. And he was somebody that I think early on in draft season, or I should even say even later on in draft season, people were taking in a lot of these best ball or you know drafts with you know uh, fifty players because they were like, hey, like his opportunity is going to come at some point this season, and they were stashing him. I'm really excited about Tyrone Taylor and what he could do for this Brewers team. If I'm not mistaken, he also hit fourth, I think, in one of the games he uh, he played in already. Um, in the last few games here. Cross, what do you think about Tyrone Taylor? Is he somebody that's worth a, a really good look in 12-team leagues? Yeah, I think I think he is. And yeah, he was definitely one of the the hot names kind of near the end of draft season. And then kind of when he, his playing time situation got a little more murky, 
then he kind of fell off the radar. But you know, last year he was, you know, he had 12 home runs, six steals last year and just 271 plate appearances. You know, you, know, you extrapolate that out to like 650, you're talking, you know, 28, 29 home runs and about 15 steals. That's pretty damn good. And this year, four home runs and a steal through 30 games. And, you know, he's always had that nice little power speed blend, you know, dating back to his days in the minor leagues. And you know, maybe the average isn't going to be that great. It's, it never really has been great. I mean, he's a career 247 uh, hitter in the major league. So, you know, but 240, 250. But if he can give you like a 20 homer, 10 steal pace from here on out, I think he's definitely worth a look in 12 teamers. And you know, he's not, he's starting like regularly. He's not platooning. You know, as long as Renfro is out, it looks like he's going to be the guy. Who knows? You know, when Renfro comes back and what things look like then, but there's really no threat to playing time right now. Like, you look at the guys on the guys currently listed on the bench for Milwaukee are Victor Caratini, who obviously is their backup catcher, Kesson Hiriak. Okay, we're done with that. He's not even an outfielder anyway. <laughs> and then, the, you know, Mike Brousseau could play a little outfield and so can Mark, Mark Matthias, but who just got called up recently as well. But there's really no threat. So as long as he hits adequately, he doesn't have to be great, just be solid enough. He's just stay in the lineup. And yeah, nice little power speed lend. I think he's worth the look. For sure. Doc, I got to ask you about the dog, Darren Roof, and tell us about <laughs> over his last right seven there. games here. Uh, the batting average, not great. 200, 393, 500 slash. Two runs, five RBIs, seven runs, seven walks, and five strikeouts. A crashing into the uh, left field bleachers trying to chase down a ball. And he has an elite 16% walk rate this year and only 20% K rate. Also pulling the ball career high 47% of the time. Darren Ruff right now is looking, I would say, like a, a decent piece right now, and you can play him in a couple different spots. Are you buying into Darren? Uh, kind of like we talked about the Frankie two-backs. I think you ride the wave right now. Like at 35 years old, we know what type of player he is. Now, I will say his walk rate is the highest of his career, and his K rate is down significantly from last year. But I just said that, yes. I know. Well, that's preluding to my point, but I, I think he's kind of on the decline of, of what we've seen of that hot streak. He's gone hitless in four out of his last five games. The the game that he got a hit, he went two for five in, and that fielding error was really bad. Like, he was not able to track the ball, and that's the difference between the Giants winning or losing the game. So, figure if they don't put him in the outfield that he's just a potential first base or DH. I don't know. I, I think you've missed the, the hot streak on him. He's batting 232, giving you three home runs on the year. I'm not buying in. Yeah, I think – for those that had Alex Cobb, they're all too familiar with that play that he missed mm -hmm. in left field there, costing him more runs that are making his, you know, his ex-fifth and all that stuff look incredible good. But his actual ERI being in the sixes, uh, definitely not too great there. But yeah, I'm not as excited about him as the other two guys we mentioned. But definitely, I think of the like in a 15 team league, I think he's worth a look because his position flexibility. I mean, he gives you two stolen bases also. Yeah, there. This next guy maybe is a little controversial here as Doc starts smiling here. Tyler Anderson, last start versus Washington. Eight innings, five hits, zero runs. I don't know why that says 10 walks. It's supposed to say zero walks. It should be Good 10 gracious, walks. David, you got to check your work. And eight strikeouts, a .63 whip. He's eliminating hard contact very much this season as he's top 9% in exit velocity and hard hit percentage. Walking only 2.9% of batters he's facing this season. His changeup is elite, and I think that's a big reason uh, why he's been excelling as much as he has. I, I think if I remember correctly, as I pull up his baseball savant page, uh, his changeup had a 49% whiff rate, 
uh, I'm sorry, 46.2% whiff rate. It's got a 140 expected batting average against, and these are numbers last year, a 251 expected BA, a 28.7% whiff rate. It's now becoming his most used pitch. So the Dodgers are just dodgering right now. And Tyler Anderson is very intriguing to me. Marty and Doc, I know you guys are very much different on Tyler Anderson. Marty, why don't you tell us why we should pick him up? Well, I mean, I did tell you to pick him up about a month ago. So hopefully everyone as a weekend warrior picked him up. Um, you know, you've been uh, holding on to him. I mean, what, what stood out to me, number one, and this is simple, but it's still true. He's on the Dodgers. You know, they do a really good job with their pitching staff and they win a lot of games and, you know, and they put them in a, in a place to be able to get those W's, which are getting harder to secure. He limits hard contact. Um, he's not walking anybody, you know, with that 2.8, 2.9 walk percentage. So those two things absolutely stand out to me. That's going to put you, you know, in a good spot day in, day out. And he has this uh, career high 24.1 K percentage. So he's striking out people more than ever. He's on a, on a solid team. Like you said, he's found a different uh, level to his changeup. I'm loving everything I'm seeing. Now, do I think he's going to be able to hold this out? His expected ERA is 3.53 to his 3.30 ERA. So, you know, there's a little bit of regression there, but it's possible that, you know, this is what uh, this is what we're going to see from Anderson from here on out. I'm definitely not dropping him um, at all. I'm holding him even in a 12. And he's even picked up in most of my 10-team leagues as well. If I had to ask you between him or Andrew Heaney, rest of season, who do you think is a better add? Anderson. <laughs> Ooh. Heaney. <laughs> Heaney. Oh, Eric, you're the or crossing the tiebreaker here. Uh, can I say neither? But <laughs> uh, all right. If I had to pick, I'll say Anderson because I just, you know, even though Heaney looked really good in those few starts, uh, the start the season before he went on the IL, I just don't trust that he can stay healthy and pitch effectively for an extended period of time. And yeah, maybe he's at the higher ceiling than Anderson, but I'll, I'll, Anderson's a bit safer, so I'll go Anderson. Really? Really, Ander- Anderson's a bit safer. Did you see his uh, September October last year? A nice six six seven ERA. Love so to see it. So you're basically describing all of Andrew Heaney's career. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Andrew Heaney's giving you a little bit more uh, K upside, but also won't Some, give up yeah. nine. Won't give you uh, nine earned runs in a game in the fantasy finals. Yeah, no, that is fair. But Heaney's is not even healthy right now. Okay, so I, I will say health permitting, but I just want to say with Tyler Anderson last year, three months separate in the season, we're at a uh, close to five ERA or above. May, 5.76 and 29 innings. June, 4.97 and 29 innings. September, October, 29.2, 6.67 ERA. It's just a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. And, and let me just say, I this is not me. I don't like Tyler Anderson. I, I didn't want to pick either. It's like picking, picking the lesser of two evils here. Like if I had it my way, I wouldn't pick either of them, but I guess Anderson goes, you know, you got to have be on the mound, right? That's half the battle. I will say that. that. So Tyler Anderson, this season, he had one start where he gave up 10 hits and seven earned runs against the Phillies mm-hmm. and every other start this year, which is a combined one, two, three, four, five, six, seven starts. He hasn't given up more than two earned runs in any of those starts. So I do that as you will. I I will say, I think sometimes when a person changes teams and pitch mixes, we've seen guys, obviously their careers change. Not saying he's going to be a, an all, you know, an all-star, but maybe the old Tyler Anderson's a thing of the past doc. You might have to let those old wounds heal because I don't know. I'm just not going to get hurt by him again. Like somebody, (laughs) I I won't allow somebody else to get hurt because he's going to do it when you need him the most. He's owned in uh, 61% of uh, Yahoo leagues. You think that's too high? You think that's just about right? What do you think? I guess for for May, 
it's it's just about right. But come fantasy playoffs, that should be like one percent. <laughs> Tell us how you're rewarding really that. <laughs> well, I, I'm just mad. So Scott Jenstad tweeted something um, when he blew up, and Tyler Anderson's dad tweeted. No, no, he was on the show telling us that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. I'm just mad that I didn't get that because I probably he didn't even say anything bad. Yeah, if you tweet anything bad about it, his parents, search for it. Apparently, and they tweeted at Scott. <laughs> It's pretty funny. That's great. Uh, Martin Perez is another guy that caught our eyes this past week. I don't know how many of you guys realized he threw a complete game shutout against the Houston Astros this I past did. week. Nine innings, eight hits. Marty, you have him? Uh, I, yeah, I picked him up a long, long time ago in a 15-team league, and he was a weekend warrior to begin. Again, I'm just, oh, you know, I'm nailing right. him. Plug in your warriors here. Nine innings, eight hits, zero runs, one walk, five strikeouts, a 120 ERA, one whip in that start. He's allowed one run or less in six straight starts, and no more than three run runs allowed all season. You like that S Z N, so I can make sure it fit. <laughs> and then um, heavier sinker change this year in 2022. So he is kind of changing the, again the pitch mix, kind of featuring these two pitches a little bit more uh, this season. I feel like for me, this is we talked about ticking time bombs. I think you look at his you know expected stats, you look at his FIP X FIP expected ERA. A lot of those show there is regression coming. I think he's someone you ride the wave with, right? Until he blows up and then you can, I can cut bait with him. Is that how you guys all feel about this one? Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking in any league where you can trade, attach him to somebody else and go get a big, a big name. Yeah. I mean, especially for those that are not familiar with his track record, <laughs> it's, uh, he looks Some people just different. look at the stats or the overall, you know, mm-hmm. if they see, you know, he's been pitching solid all throughout the whole year, you know, and he, he can't be your main piece of a trade, but I think if he's tagged along, you know, you're looking for somebody like who could I just throw out there just to like sweeten it a little bit. Martin okay, Perez and Carlos Rodon, two sell high candidates. <laughs> you heard That's it here whole, first. That's a whole other story. <laughs> this next guy is very intriguing to me. Clay Holmes. Season stats, 22.2 innings pitched, 13 hits, a .4 ERA, two walks, 23 strikeouts. He's actually, this was as of on Wednesday when I was putting this in, the 10th most fantasy points for relief pitchers on CBS. So that again, as of 525. So keep in mind, any relief pitcher eligible player, he had the 10th most points up to that point. And Araldis Chapman now is on the IL, with Achilles tendonitis. So I don't know how long could that be right away after the 15 days potentially could that linger because he already wasn't performing he's a guy I, i've heard people talk about they spent like 300 plus dollars in fab on him out of their a thousand dollar budget but if he's legit ends up being the closer for the yankees rest of season it's a very intriguing proposition i, I mean he looks really good out there across I, I mean i don't know if i would spend 300 dollars on him but to be able to throw triple digits on him, I think, is actually not a bad move. Man, I can never even fathom spending three hundred dollars on anybody in Fab. That's just a <laughs> massive, massive chunk of change. I just can't bring myself to do. But you know, it's it's he's one of the two groups that fall under that. You know, the three people that will spend that much. You know, pro- big name prospects and new closers. Those are the two that always go for a crap <laughs> ton of money. But in general, I love, you know, Clay Holmes. I have him on a couple of my saves whole leagues. He was an early season target of mine, including my home keeper league. And that Yankees bullpen, it's just, you know, you lose Chapman, who, yeah, he's had his issues. And I was, I was fading him coming into the season. 
but he's still, you know, a pretty good closer has been for a long time. Then you got Clay Holmes and Michael King and Jonathan Loaizaga. It's just so name after name after name after name in that bullpen. It makes me jealous as my Red Sox are just (laughs) throwing out Jake Diekman and whoever, you know, they can find off of Lansdowne Street. But yeah, Holmes, he doesn't give you the elite strikeouts that you usually see from these lockdown relievers, but he doesn't walk anybody. I think he has like one walk on the year, only giving up one barrel. The K rate is still pretty solid, you know, 27.9%. All the ERA indicators are pretty low. He gets a, a ton of ground balls. You know, you know what his ground ball rate is this year? Take a guess. 67%. Doc? 71. Marty? 69. All right. Doc was closest. It's 81.4%. Holy 81.4%, which what that happens when you throw what, what's the rate on this uh on a sinker here? It, 78.9%. Yeah. So when you throw nearly 80% sinkers, that's you know, tends to happen, especially at the velocity that he does throw it at, at 96.4 miles an hour. So yeah, he he's a great, you know, if he's still out if for some reason he's still available in your league, go get him. He, he's he's really good. Yeah, and I good last year too. too. Yeah, There's a lot did. of injuries too that will, you know, uh, Jonathan Lewisak, I think, just went on the IL. Mm-hmm. Waldis Chapman, Chad Green's having Tommy John surgery. Uh, Luis Heal, who could have been like a swing man in the bullpen, he also is getting Tommy John surgery. Uh, so they need him to step up. So he should get a lot of opportunity for them in that bullpen. I, and with stand on the stand on the IL, LeMay, you out of the lineup, like they're probably going to be in lower scoring games for more save opportunities. Yeah, so that's a good point, Doc. Very and Doc, point. I'm going to give you your flowers on this one. You definitely were saying, do not draft Chapman. This is going to be his last year. You, yeah. you said it. So, well, I mean, the first three out. weeks, I was like, damn, I got to take the L on this. But then I remembered it's a long season. I think you also have to decide to like maybe they give you like a four ERA, but maybe he gives you 29 saves, and you're like, am I okay with him being a subpar closer if he's giving me saves? Right? We've seen that where we've had bad closers get saves, and then. You take that trade off. Uh, look so, up Mark Berlanson. Lanson has like eight saves and like a yeah. six ERA this year or something. <laughs> exactly. Like that. <laughs> that, that's like the trade off. But people want saves so bad that they're willing to take those bad numbers. And he was, I think, his lockdown of the role. I think that's why people would still draft him where he was. That's why if you took Hater, you're probably smiling. Hasn't given up an earned run this year. He's unbelievable. I don't think he's given up an earned run since like August or something. Like it was the last two months of last year. He didn't give up a run either. He's unreal. Uh, Let's talk about Brady Singer, whose last start versus Minnesota, seven innings, four hits, zero runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Slider increased in usage this season and has a 42.9 whiff rate against. This is a guy who was a very heavy sinker ball thrower and still throws a lot of sinkers, but not quite as much as he has in the past, which is, I think, giving him a better chance of strikeouts and overall just, I I think, making hitters a little bit more off balance. 14 scoreless innings over his last two appearances. He did have nine strikeouts. Uh, in his last start before Minnesota, I believe that was against the White Sox. So Brady Singer right now looks like a, a good maybe SP back in SP4, SP5 target potentially. Uh, is that something you guys would buy into? Yeah. Mm. You know I was a little high on him coming into the season. I feel like the Royals played with his rotation spot a little too much last year, and they're finally letting him go off the reins a little bit. I mean, career low in walks per nine, career low in home runs per nine so far. Kind of encouraging. Yeah, I like. I love that he's going against the Central and uh, your boy um, Chris Clegg picked him up in um, TGFBI this week for fifty three bucks. I know this because he's in my league. So. <laughs> that's a yeah. solid. That's a solid amount. On that's not bad. On I, I just 
I'm always really hesitant with with Royals arms because mm-hmm. look at all their big name. They've had some pretty solid pitching prospects over the last like, half decade or so that all have seemed to underperform. You know, including you know Daniel Lynch hasn't worked. There. I, it's still early, but you know Lynch has underperformed. You know Bubich and and Singer and Ace Lacy's mm-hmm. kind of failing out down in the minor league. So I don't know. I just don't trust it. You know, Singer, I'm I'm encouraged that he's at least thrown the changeup a bit more. It's up to 11.3% this year. He was kind of falling into that two-pitch guy um, territory. And I don't know. The changeup's still not great, so I, I'm not, I don't know how much I believe it, but I don't know. I think he can be like a back-end, like overall a back-end, like top 100 arm. But I don't know. I wouldn't go crazy to go get him or anything like that. Can we? I, I don't want to go on a tangent, so we can keep this short. We were talking about this on the call-up on Sunday. But you guys have not checked that out. It's the prospect show of Triple Play Fantasy every Monday morning out on YouTube. But we were talking about that and we were like, hey, all the Royals pitchers that are down there, are you concerned now? I mean, Ace Lacy, obviously, like you talked about, is not performing like we expected him to. But at some point, do you look at the Royals and you're like, either you guys got to change pitching coaches because something's not working there, or if they keep the same stuff, I'm going to automatically be downgrading pitchers when they get drafted there, like you can have a guy when he gets, you know, he comes out and he's in the pool, but as soon as he goes to Kansas city, I guess you're not expecting them to further develop because they're not developing their arms. Yeah, no, th- that's something I've kind of looked into and valued more and more as I've, you know, gained more and more experience in the prospect world is identifying, you know, which organizations have issues or Excel. You, you can go to the other, other side of this, you know, developing hitters or pitchers. Like Milwaukee's a great example. Milwaukee's pitching track record of development recently, phenomenal, right? Look at mm-hmm. Burns and Woodruff. And now Eric Lauer, Freddie Peralta goes on and on. Aaron Ashby. But look at their hitters. Keston Huria. No. You know, Garrett Mitchell has kind of flailed out. Hedbert Perez was the big name. Then he failed out. It's like, in you know, Oakland has never had a good rec- track record of developing hitters, at least over the last decade or so. So you really got to be more cognizant of that and you know it's not huge but maybe it give you a little pause on these Kansas City arms that's why I love Ben Kaderna I love Frank Mazzucato I saw them both live out in Arizona both are very talented arms but I would like them even more if they are in Tampa Bay Milwaukee you know the Dodgers something like that so yeah it's definitely something that at least be worth you know have the back in your mind for sure Luke Hochever yeah. started this trend <laughs> oh, that's a name uh, really quickly, Cole Calhoun, you can see the numbers on screen for those on the podcast. His last seven games, a 273, 360, 591 slash, two home runs. He's got 10 strikeouts to two walks, a 302 average and six home runs in May alone. But his expected stats show that there is some room for a turnaround here. Is this someone, kind of we talked about, like a, the Martin Perez of hitting, somebody you might just ride out here until uh, until he goes cold? Yeah, uh, Marty and I are going to virtual high five because he was a weekend warrior and I had him as a hitting streamer. So if you did that, you probably got the production out of him and now you can drop him. The teamwork makes the dream work, baby. I love it. <laughs> All right. No bring out your dead this week because LC is away on his backpacking camping trip. So wish him well on his trip here. But I'll put the slide up just to uh, for the people, just for the visual of it. Uh, yeah, I can. Kyle Hendricks, bring out your dead. Uh, he would have been a great one for that yeah. one. I, I, Tyler I, Molly, I bring out your dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could have been a Cody Bellinger. Am I doing this right? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, he's already called in there. Uh, so just team schedules for the next week. You can look on screen for those on the podcast version. No teams have five games next week. But uh, what I would like to make note of is a couple teams have eight and nine games. Uh, so the teams with eight games next week, the Twins, the Brewers, the Tigers, and the Cardinals. 
And the Chicago Cubs have nine games next week. So if you have tough decisions to make between a couple hitters and it's someone like on the Cubs that has nine games and compared to maybe somebody on the Pirates that has six games, that might help way make your decision a little easier there because they have three more games scheduled for them next week. So uh, that's the keynote to make for that. Let's take a look at our most added players courtesy of CBS on Monday morning. And these are our list of our most added players. Nick Pavetta at the top. We got Martin Perez, MJ Melendez, Johnny Cueto, Nolan Gorman, Clay Holmes, Christian Walker, Cole Calhoun, and Tyler Anderson. A lot of names we actually just read on there, so I don't think we need to repeat any of the ones we talked about. Cross, is there a name on this list that we didn't talk about that you feel like the people need to know about? Yeah, there's a few. The first uh, the first two that really stand out, Nick Pavetta and MJ Melendez. Pavetta, after a really rough start to the season, he's really turned it around. And obviously, you know, being a Red Sox fan, I watch, you know, basically every game that I can. And he has looked just totally different, really attacking the zone more, mixing his pitches really well. You look at over his last, I think it's been the last three starts. I pull up his game log here. Yeah, so he's actually last four starts. He's got four straight quality starts. And his last start was actually his worst one. That was uh, two days ago, but still six innings, three earned, five Ks before that. Uh, one run over a complete game against Houston. Everybody's doing a, throwing a complete games against Houston for some odd reason lately. Uh, with eight Ks, seven innings, one run, six innings, zero runs. That's after he gave up 15 earned runs and 16 and a third in April. So I'm um, seeing he could be a serviceable back end guy. He's not going to be a guy that, you know, the top 50 arm or anything like that, but serviceable guy that can give you innings. And he's, he's a veteran. He's not one of those guys that gets limited like 80 pitches. They, they usually let him go closer to 100. So he can give you innings, give you, you know, better chance of quality starts if you have that. And then Melendez with the Sal Perez injury has been playing full time, you know, between, you know, Catch some with DH, some they even tried them in, in the outfield a little bit, which shows that they want to keep that bat in the lineup. And I still question how much you know average he hits for, but even like a, as a 240, 250 guy, if he gives you like a 20, 25 homer pace rest of the way, that's an easy top 10 catcher, especially with how again, catcher's been an absolute wasteland this year outside of a couple guys. So if Melendez is still for some reason, then you know, 55% here, so he's still available in some leagues, go out and get him because he's definitely worth rostering right now. I agree. And like you mentioned, I mean, Sal Perez struggling and they need hitting. They could put him at DH, at catcher. Uh, I think, isn't he even played a little bit of left field in AAA a little bit just to. Yeah, he's he's a good athlete. Like for a catcher, he's a pretty good athlete. Yeah. So definitely, I think I agree with you on, on both those guys there. Our most dropped, these are names and obviously injuries do play a factor. Josh Winder uh, going on the IL in uh, 36% of leagues, he was dropped. Jake Rizzi. Injury, obviously, Max Meyer, injury, Stephen Kwan, Crix Flexen, Garrett Whitlock. I was kind of confused why he was dropped in 12% of leagues because I still feel like he's a very valuable piece to have on your team. Anthony Descalfani and Sheldon Nice. Marty was in, and Doc, one name each. Is there somebody that stuck out to you on this list? Still can't believe Dave Sclafani's roster in 61% of leagues. That <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Tony Disco, yeah, I mean, he's a yeah, 60 day IL, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 He's out for a bit. He wasn't yeah. even that good when he was healthy. Uh, no, that's, he was what bad. Was, that, that's what I've been telling Marty for a while, but he didn't want to listen. I did. I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, he might be the, the, uh, he might have his picture on here next week. Cause yeah, I'm sure he'll be the top of the list with the 60 AIL news there, but that also leads us into our injuries and you can see the 10 to 15 day IL guys, just some noticeable players. Clev dog is back on the IL shocker. Uh, Joey Gallo and Kyle Higgy, Kyle Higgy Shioka, both had COVID, but they're now back in the lineup. 
Steven Dormatz is also on the IL with his shoulder. Erod, I'm sorry, Marty, uh, has not worked so far. He, he needs a couple weeks off, actually, so this is fine. <laughs> he does. Uh, Big Dan Vogelbach, Dylan Carlson, or Aldis Chapman. Don't forget um, John Carlos Stanton. Yeah, this was this was made before that injury. Obviously, also uh, some names are I'm going to be remiss to put on here. Freddie Peralta on the 60 day IL, which is very sad uh, at this point because he's going to miss the next few months. Not back until after the All Star break. I've heard even people talking about he may not pitch until like the very end of the season if they're going to want him for the playoffs. So tough break there. And then out for the season, Alex Reyes, more shoulder problems. Carter Keeboom's having Tommy John surgery. I don't know if you guys saw that. It took me digging to see that one. Uh, yeah, he's having Tommy John. He'll be out for the year. Lucas Heal and Chad Green are both also having Tommy John. And uh, again, I, I know Anthony Bender also just went on the IL uh, yesterday. Um, and a couple others I might have missed that in the last 24 hours, but lots of injuries always, and just some transactions, some promotions, Adley Rutschman, Roanzi Contreras, Justin Upton with the Mariners signing a contract and Nolan Gorman and Matthew Libertor both promoted to the Cardinals. I think Libertor promoted, demoted, and then promoted again. So lots of movement there. Hitting streamers brought to you by, uh, El Doc Aramis here. So go ahead, Doc. David, can you make the the sound effect? No, uh, my manually? my uh, my thing is no, no, manually. <laughs> what is it again? It's like the hitting of a bat. Oh, that was I, I was thinking was that. Fuck. All right, but we'll start first with Tyrone Taylor. I mean, just go into a little bit more detail. Only owned in three point two percent of ESPN leagues. His last six games, he's been on fire. Three sixty three, three homers, eleven RBIs. David mentioned Hunter Renfo is going to be on the aisle at least the next two weeks with a hamstring strain. Could be longer than that. And the Brewers play eight games, so tons of opportunity. We won't need to talk about him more. Next is Kevin Kiermeyer. I feel like we bring him up once a season. Owning 6% of ESPN leagues, currently riding a five-game hitting streak that actually got snapped yesterday, but he gets a rest day today. And with the Rays playing seven games next week, hopefully he plays in at least six of them. Last 10 games, four homers, seven RBIs, 10 runs, three stolen bases on the year. So especially in Roto Leagues, he's going to be a little bit more valuable. And the last one, I get a, I got him on our home league, and that's Christopher Morrell. Only owned in 2.5% of ESPN leagues. He's led off for three straight games where he's got a hit in five straight, a 296, 406, 556 triple slash. And he's in the 94th percentile of sprint speed. So figure the Cubs moving him to the leadoff role that there's a chance that he really starts to accumulate stolen bases. And I didn't put this on here, but say Suzuki left the game today with a sprained left ring finger. So if it's a serious injury where it's just longer than a couple days, I think he's locked into a starting role for a long period of time. Cross is out of these three guys, Tyrone Taylor, Kevin Kiermeyer, and Christopher Morrell. Who is your favorite of those three? Probably, probably Taylor, though Morrell is intriguing as well. But I think if they had equal playing time, I might lean Morrell, but it looks like he's not going to be a full time, close to full time, but maybe a strong set platoon. Taylor, as we mentioned, looks like he's locked into a everyday role up until at least up until Renfro comes back. Like when Doc mentions that for at least a couple of weeks, maybe longer, those hammies always have a way of lingering a bit. So I'll, I'll go, uh, I'll go Taylor and Taylor. Kiermeyer, I, I just think this is a random hot streak. Like we've seen what he is offensively and it's, it's mediocre and it's, it's okay. He's not great. He's not terrible. He's not great, but he's a defensive guy that gets hot every now and then. So 
That's why not he's put, a streamer. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm, I'm not putting much stock in it long term. I think at least Taylor and Morel could have, have at least some uh, some staying power on your roster. All right, fair enough. We're going to go now to Marty for his two-star pitchers. And what I would like to do is after each of his sections, because he puts them in different categories, Cross, you give us your favorite in each of them if you had to pick one. Okay. Let's do it. Or you can do it like Doc and your least favorite. That's the one. That's the <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is the bummer. I like my Cobra Kai music. So, I, David, you got anything for me? Come on. Something. There we go. I like this one. guy married. That was, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so this is going to come up for week nine. These are your streamers for next week. We always start with the no doubters. I was bummed um, and cross because I like to put a nice picture of Gwen Stefani here as a no doubt pitcher. Oh, but we had too that's, many. That's a good reference. That's a yep. good reference. <laughs> so, you know, uh, make sure you tune in each week to see which uh, which photo I use. But, yeah, here's the the no doubters for next week. Zach Gallen versus the Braves versus the Pirates. Dylan Cease at Toronto at Tampa Bay. Mendy, how are we feeling about Cease right now? Two tough starts back-to-back. But he's, he's going at <laughs> Toronto, then he's going at the race. I still have him as a no-doubter, but where are you at? Oh, he's a no-doubter. I, I think he's going to have those blow-up starts every once in a while. Um, I was hoping this year he would turn the corner, and, and those would be very far and few in between. But um, I do think he'll bounce back. The Red Sox are a very patient team, and I think he was having trouble with them. But I think he's, he'll do a little bit better in his next two starts. All right, Framber Valdez at Oakland, at Kansas City Royals. Kyle Wright at Arizona, at Colorado. Corbin Burns, and I feel like Corbin Burns is a two-star pitcher almost every week, which I don't know how that, that works out, but hey, whoever's got him, they're not complaining. At Chicago, uh, Cubs uh, versus San Diego. Logan Webb at the Phillies, at the Marlins. Tariq Skubal, yes, this is the first time he's been in the no-doubt category from what I've seen from him this year. Going against Minnesota, obviously the Yanks are going to be tough, but I, I love what I'm seeing. Um, he's a no-doubter for me going into this week and for the foreseeable future. Walker Bueller versus Pittsburgh versus the uh, Mets. Julio Urias versus the Pirates and then versus the Mets. Uh, Pablo Lopez at Colorado versus San Francisco. Kevin Gaussman versus the White Sox versus the Twins. Adam Wainwright, I have put him into the no-doubt, especially if you're on a quality start league. This guy's going six, seven innings every single time. It doesn't matter how old he is. He is just... He's the man. So uh, versus San Diego at the Cubs, Chris Bassett versus the uh, Nationals, then at the Dodgers. Next, as always, the... Whoa, he jumped the gun there, Mr. Oh, Mike. yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I forgot about the new format. It's <laughs> for the moment format. Uh, we could do least or your, your most favorite, your least favorite, however you, whatever you're feeling, Cross. Well, first off, Corbin Burns pitches whenever he wants to pitch because he's that damn good. So if he wants two starts every damn week, he can get two starts every week. <laughs> At least I have him so many teams, so I hope that's the case. But uh, <laughs> I think, you know, obviously these are all slam dunk options. I, I'm done doubting uh, Kevin Gaussman. He's, you know, I, I doubted him too much and I, I apologize to him for it. But my favorite, I like Zach Gallon a lot here. You know, Atlanta, that's, you know, a, kind of a hard matchup, but it's at home. And Pittsburgh is an, e- e- almost a layup for Zach Gallon. And the way he's pitching this year, he's limiting, you know, hard contact, limiting, you know, the walk rate. That's not a crazy K rate, but you know, this is a guy, ERA stabilizer. So uh, I love these uh, him this week for sure. May I move on, David? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Going to the, well, yeah, why not? So these are the guys that they, there's a little bit of variance day to day, but what we've seen from them, you know, the last couple of weeks or where they're at or where you drafted them, you have to start them. So we're going to start off with the, uh, D Mendy, one of your boys, Aaron, true, Ashby. True. the A train hey, baby. They're letting, it looks like they're letting them pitch. I think he went seven last 
time out there? I'm not sure. What do you? I think you're uh, you talking about yesterday. Yeah, well, yeah. What what do you do? Five point two innings. Five point two. Hey, he's almost uh, almost up to six guys. So hey, it's happening <laughs> getting there. It's getting there. So he's going um, at the Cubs versus San Diego. Cal Quantrill uh, versus Kansas City at Baltimore. I'm not completely buying into Quantrill, but with this is like, does the does the schedule get any better versus the Royals at Baltimore? Baltimore is like one of the best uh, pitchers parks now. This is it's pretty wild over there. Uh, Charlie Morton at Arizona at Colorado. I still have some faith in him. Drew Rasmussen, um, he's been really good. I know he gave up, a, I think, four runs last time out, but he's got seven strikeouts, and the Rays the Rays are going to Ray, as they say. You know, just another good starter at the Rangers versus the White Sox. Joe Ryan, you know, poor one out for him. He actually has COVID. He won't be making it. I was going to change it, but I was like, yeah, at least this way we'll bring it up. So, <laughs> Joe Ryan, rest easy on the COVID-19 list. We'll, we'll see you here soon. Uh, Jordan Montgomery versus the Angels versus Detroit. Luis Castillo at Boston versus Washington. Martin Perez, yep, he's the, yeah, why not? You, you got to start him at this point. Uh, versus the Rays versus Seattle. Paul Blackburn, kind of in the same spot as Perez. I just, I, I can't find a reason not to play him, even though he's going against Houston and Boston. But I like what I've seen there. Mr. Cross, what do we got? Give, give me Monty here. He's quietly... Performing very well. The K rate is a bit low. I think last time I looked, it was like 20, 21%, but he ranks really high in the chase rate, swinging strike rate, whiff rate. So, like, you look at all the metrics that you, you kind of, when you dig into like strikeout metrics, you look at, you know, all the met- those types of metrics. He's excelling in all those. So, I'm expecting the K rate to tick up here. Get two decent matchups. Yeah, the Angels isn't exactly easy, but Detroit is a pretty good matchup for him, both at home as well. So, I'll go. I like Monty a lot here. Even though you mentioned Quantrill, even though I'm, I agree, I'm not a big Quantrill guy at all. That K rate's been oddly low this year. I think he, up until recently, he had more walks and strikeouts, if I recall correctly. But yeah, it was almost 50 50. He's one of those yeah. guys that I, he started off in my risky business, but I just, the more I looked at it, and it's really, it comes down to a schedule, you know, with yeah. him for this week. Yeah, those, those are two great matchups. So he's, and Morton, I know those, you know, at Colorado, people kind of tend to shy away from that, but. Morton seems to have turned things around after a slow start to the season. And Arizona's that's a good matchup too. So yeah, Morton's another solid one there. Uh, I will say before you move on, I forgot to acknowledge uh, Mike's couple comments here. I invited him back. I forgot to tell you that doc. Simeon's the worst. And uh, buddy, Michael checking in. What's up, man? Thanks for uh, popping in and hanging with us. You know, I'll look, think- a, a good Michael. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> good job. Cross. Uh, interested to hear y'all's <laughs> thoughts on my trade. I got Walker Bueller and Sonny Gray. I gave up J.D. Martinez and Javi Baez, head-to-head categories league. Interesting that you get two pitchers and giving up two hitters. So I, I think like it's Walker Bueller. He gets Walker Bueller and Sonny yeah. Gray. Let's do it. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Especially, Absolutely. I like it even more if it's Dynasty. I don't know if it's Redraft or Dynasty, but Redraft, I like it. Dynasty, I love it. Good move. Michael making moves. He, he does make every single time I see uh, his DMs. He always wins those trades. So good stuff with that, Mike. Uh, go ahead, Marty. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, what the heck? Okay, no, here it is. It's the risky business. I keep it. I keep it real with this one. We don't change this photo. This photo is perfect. These are the risky business plays. You're looking at it. It's a decent schedule, or you need somebody. You're down in K's. You're down in wins. Your ear, maybe your ERA is already blown up like mine in uh, Glarf. Like it's at like it's like mid fours. It's brutal. So these are the guys you're gonna. You don't feel good about it. It's risky, but hey, it could be worse. So Dylan Bundy at Detroit at Toronto. George Kirby, who actually I'm liking what I'm seeing here, and I'm this is going to be a, a very big week for him versus Baltimore at Texas. I think those are two really good matchups for him, so I'll be excited to see this. Uh, I think Justin Steele just got blown up um, today. 
versus Milwaukee. Yeah, versus St. Louis. Kyle Hendricks, it's risky business. I was I wanted to put him in the take a seat, but he's not there yet. He, he probably will be after next week. Versus the Brewers, versus the Cardinals. Marcus Stroman, he's starting to get it back. You know, at the beginning, I was fully invested in him coming into this year. And then he was a why not for me for a while, but he, he's fallen off. The last two starts, he's been really good. Versus Milwaukee, versus the Cardinals. Michael Waka versus Cincinnati at Oakland. Ranger Suarez versus the Giants, home at the uh, versus the Angels. Rich Hill, he's still out there. He's still doing it. Will you get more than five innings? Probably not. That's a little disrespectful, though, to Rich Hill. Let's be real. Let's be what, real. Not, what, to, get, to say he's risky business or to say he might not go more than five? No, no, I feel like he should be – there should be a category between yeah, why not, and risky business for Rich Hill. <laughs> How about this? You you can make your own little doc segment, and then you can put that in there. <laughs> which ones you feel – you can handpick which one you like. You know, last time I had him as a weekend streamer, six innings, seven hits, two earned, four Ks, and a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, Rich Hill fan club. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it sounds like to me it was a little risky. It sounds like risky business. <laughs> <laughs> Cross, yeah. what do you got for me? Uh, Kirk, I, I love Kirby here. Like uh, Marty mentioned, two great matchups. And, you know, he hasn't looked quite as good over his last three starts as he did in that first start, obviously, but still love the stuff. I think he's going to be absolutely fine and love those matchups. And the only other one that I kind of like here, but I don't like the matchup is Strowman. I, I think, you know, Strowman's had a really tough year, but I still think he's going to turn it around at least to some degree, but don't like those matchups. Milwaukee's hitting well lately. St. Louis is hitting well lately. So, yeah, the only one I'd really probably consider here is Kirby. And, you got to call Rich Hill by his actual name of Dick Mountain. Dick Mountain. Dick Mountain. Dick Mountain. That's, 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 uh, that's, name. that's true. Uh, Matt says, question for the, the great EC here. What starting pitch uh, start? I could, if I could speak English, that'd be nice. What SP place in the rotation do you see George Kirby in his prime? You see him as like a number two starter? Ace. 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 100%. And I don't throw that term around lightly. I use that with. You know, in terms of pitching prospects, probably four guys right now. Him, Grayson Rodriguez, uh, Shane Boz, and Daniel Espino. Those are the, there's probably others that are, you know, I could consider, but those are the four that I feel solid using that term with. Like I said, I don't throw around often. Kirby's got the electric stuff, the fastball velocity, the good off speeds, the command control is there, and he's got a workhorse, right? I think he's a guy that can pitch a lot of innings. So, yeah, I think he could be an ace. That's perfect. I mean, his control is freaking nuts. So, I mean, he, he's Bieber with more velocity and even better. Like, I took the totality of his secondaries. I would take, I think he's going to be better than Bieber. So, yeah, I think he's going to be nice. I like it. Uh, Marty, I petition this next one to be called the Chris Hansen. Can we keep oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just and take, and take a seat and, right here. Yep. <laughs> And that's where I obviously got it from. But, I, you know, I don't know. We have to check in with our HR. This is a major corporation. We are a conglomerate. <laughs> we'll have to check in. Um, I don't know who that person is. But, yeah, I'll get in touch with them. Yeah. If it's cool with them, you know, we can, uh, we can take a seat you know, with Chris Hansen. <laughs> but, yeah, these are the take a seats. These are the guys we can't start no matter what. I don't care what, what's going on in your life. I don't care, you know, a tough week or not. You just can't do it. We're going to start off with Patrick Corbin because I'm just showing Doc some love. I mean, I, anytime Corbin. he's going to be – Amazing, Marty. Amazing segment. I, I don't hey. want to jump the gun, but him and the other guy on here make me proud. Well, I, let me know who the uh, other guy is. Um, you know but yeah, is. So I'll get to him, I'm sure. Oh, I think I know. Uh, Patrick Corbin at the Mets versus the Reds. Glenn Otto versus the uh, Rays versus the Mariners. Jake Junis uh, at Philly um, versus the Marlins. 
John Heasley at Cleveland versus the Astros. Jordan Hicks versus San Diego at Chicago Cubs. Kyle Bradish versus Seattle versus Cleveland. Nick Martinez at St. Louis at Milwaukee. It's going to be a tough week for him. Uh, Ryan Feltner versus Miami versus the Braves. Ryan Yarbrough, who I bought into heavy last year, and uh, that damaged me a lot, and, I, and I've stepped away. I, I've put him back on the shelf, and, and I'm a better man for it. He's going to be at the Rangers versus the White Sox. Trevor Williams, who's actually not doing too bad. I, I've watched a few of his starts, and he can't go more than three innings. But, uh, yeah, he's he's, not, he's definitely terrible. But if you watch him, he doesn't look as bad as he usually does. But, anyway, versus the Nationals at the Dodgers. Tyler Wells at Boston versus the Guardians. Wade Miley, who I think was the other guy Doc was talking about. And shout-out to Wade Miley, who was my weekend warrior last weekend. Got a quality start for you. I mean, I'm just, you know, just just picking them out. Sorry, Doc. Zach Thompson versus the Dodgers versus the Diamondbacks to to round it off. And Eric Cross, hit me with uh, your favorite and your least favorite here. I don't think I have a favorite. Uh, <laughs> like you said, these guys are, you know, the, the – favorite got a trash. Yeah, that, that's the beauty of the take a seat segment. Like, you know, who's your favorite person to sit? Like, you're like, yeah, you got to sit that dude. Patrick Corbin. I don't know why anybody was buying back into him. Oh, look, the Austri's back up. Okay, but the command still sucks. He hasn't. He's he's not good. I don't know why anybody bought back into Patrick Corbin. I guess if I had to pick one to start, maybe Jake Junis. I don't know. That San Francisco Magic has been working a little bit this year. I might go him. Bradish has a little bit of upside. Matchups aren't terrible. So if you're desperate and you got to pick one of these guys, I think maybe Junis or Bradish. But yeah, this this is a very disgusting group. Yarbrough, this doesn't strike anybody out. Miley, Thompson, no thank. Yeah, this is a pretty ugly group. <laughs> so, Cross, let me ask you. Uh, Patrick yeah. Corbin is 0-7 right now. How many, really? wins, how, many fin- how many wins does he finish with on the season? Ooh, that's a good question. So, how, what's he like? Nine, eight, nine starts in. My word. Nine starts uh, in. So he's zero and seven and nine starts. So I think you figure what he'll get twenty three or so more. I can see the record be something like three and nineteen or something like that. Like, uh, it's it's gonna be terrible. It, it doesn't help that the Nats can't score runs. You know, Juan Soto has fourteen RBI right now, which is insane. Like That's the Nats awful. can't. The Nats. I haven't looked to see what what their team stats are. But I'm assuming it's terrible. So the fact that Corbin's terrible and the Nats' offense is terrible, so you can't even get wins by you know them scoring a lot of runs for him. So yeah, I, I can't see more than I'll I'll put the over under at two and a half, and I, I the max is like four or five. I can't. So I'm going to be a very rich man because at the beginning of the season, no I one bet cares his, about your bets. His his under <laughs> I care his his under win total at the beginning of the season was 11 and a half. And I put as much what? money as they would allow the maximum on there. What? Wait, who, who thought does anybody, did anybody really think Corbin can get over 11 wins this year? I don't know, but I didn't, I, you didn't tell me that bet. I don't think I've, there. I've said it on here before. It was, I've heard it. How much I, did I, you, how much did you bet? To uh, win what? I think I bet a hundred to win like 80. You can't, you couldn't bet more than a hundred. Otherwise I would have. That's pretty awesome. Corbin <laughs> was nine and 16 last year with a 582. I know. He has he's won over 11 three times. He won 14 in 2013, 2017 and 2019. And since 20 ago. since 2019, he is a combined 11 and 30. So not, the not the only thing I'm worried about is he has to make at least 22 starts after the third start when they said he might go to the bullpen. I was like, "No!" 
that's that's pretty bad. It's not it's not if anybody else are putting that rotation really. Exactly. It's not they have like somebody like knocking down the door in AAA. It's there's probably gonna run them out there. Yeah. Uh I wanna make note real quick. Michael asked me about dropping Devin Williams. Uh, I think he's talking about potentially dropping him or Martin Perez for Ashby. I would be okay if it's a non he says it's a non holes league. So yeah. Uh yeah, definitely pick up Ashby there. I want to go through these next two real quick, Doc. So give us your pitching streamers in 120 seconds or less. Okay. So speaking of nationals pitchers, and I've been trying to pick different ones each week, but we're going to start with Josiah Gray, who's owned in 28.1% of ESPN leagues. He's gone five innings pitch and seven out of nine starts this year. So he's given you enough, hopefully, to get the win if the Nationals somehow can give you run support. Now, he's had two really rough starts against the Dodgers and against the Astros, but those are good offenses. But if you take that out, he has a 3-6-4 ERA, uh, 25.5% K percentage, which isn't bad. And the Rockies are scoring an average of 2.72 runs per game on the road. So I think he's a viable streamer. Now, on the other side of the coin, it's Austin Gomber. Now, there is a chance of getting Gombered. Owned in 6.7% of ESPN leagues, but gone at least five in his last six starts with a 3 4 1 ERA, a one whip. Last time he faced the Nats, six and two thirds, seven hits, two earned, six Ks. And the Nats are hitting 241 against lefties this season. So in DC, you're not a little, you're not as worried if they play in Colorado. And the last one was a little bit of a stretch. It's Zach, please, Zach. I don't like playing him, but owned in 48.7%. And the main reason he's playing the Tigers. Tigers are scoring 2.34 runs per game this month. There's two games out of the 23 where they have over four runs. So he's not going to get uh, he's not going to get bombed. Most likely, the walks have been going down five in the last three games and a season high five Ks. Not flashy, but maybe someone with a solid floor. What happened to his legs? Uh, they don't like him enough to give him legs. <laughs> that, it, he got he got them cut off for going out during COVID. Uh, there we go. There we go. Uh, Marty, give us the Cliff Notes version of your weekend warriors. We can, uh, we'll move to the question in game right after this. All right. Gladly. All right. So let's hop it in. These are your weekend warriors. These are the guys that, you know, you're, you're desperate. You're seeing a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you got to pick up somebody, maybe make up home runs, RBIs with whatever it is. And then also a pitcher here. So we're going to start with, uh, the former all-star Mike Yaz. So from San Francisco outfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's 45% rostered. Uh, over the last seven days, he's 7 for 17 with seven runs. He's got you a home run, uh, two RBIs. He's batting 412. And most importantly, he has three games against the Reds in Cincinnati. So it should be a, a really good matchup for him. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, we don't have to go over him. I mean, he, he's been doing um, really well lately. Three games at St. Louis. And then Rugnet Odor, second base, third base eligibility, 2% rostered. He has four games this weekend, um, all at Boston. Over the last seven days, three runs, two home runs, uh, nine RBIs, batting 320. So just ride the hot hand. I know he's not very good, but that's why he's rostered in 2% of leagues. Brady Singer, we've talked enough about him at Minnesota this week. Uh, this weekend, I like that. Tyler Anderson, same thing. I like um, he takes on Arizona in Arizona. And then JT Brubaker, 5% rostered from the Pittsburgh Pirates. At San Diego over the month of May, he has a 3.22 ERA. He has 26 strikeouts and only nine walks over 22 and one third innings. And his uh, expected ERA over the year is 3.45. So he's looking pretty good. Yeah. And we had a lot of crossover here. We had 
three of your weekend warriors make it to the uh, ones to keep an eye on list. So I know we may have to um, talk before, so we yeah. don't talk about the same. <laughs> we're on the same page. We're double endorsing them, so that's how go. I look at it. That's how you know we really like them. Yeah, I agree. All right, time now for question of the week. Marty, you have the question. You've been holding this question for a few weeks now. So what is our question? Yeah, so it's going to be, what is your favorite commercial that has a Major League Baseball player in it? Or they lead the commercial. So um, can be from, you know, from when you used to watch TV, you know, on the good old boob tube back in the day. I don't know if uh, they're doing any like uh, short shows for the players, whatever it is. So your favorite commercial that stars a Major League Baseball player. Um, and I'm going to start here and... I'm going to go with my favorite commercial. Uh, definitely, It was during the 1990s. I'm sure you've all seen it. Cross, I know you have. It's the Tom Emansky defensive drills video that was called Baseball World's Defensive Drills. Do Does everybody remember that? No. You, uh, yeah. No. N- not a little bit. I remember it a little bit, yeah. All it was was a little crappy commercial. It had Fred McGriff in it. You know, uh, it was this it was during the 90s. It was like this back-to-back-to-back AAU national championship team. Basically, what it was was this commercial where you would order this defensive drills video, and Fred McGriff says, "Hey, th- this is the best defensive drills video ever. Make sure you buy it." About two years ago, Fred McGriff finally admitted that he never saw the video, and he was only a friend of Tommy Mansky. So, for for all of those who know that horrible commercial, it's a lot of fun. I don't know. I have to look it up when we're done. I'm sure yeah, it's on you. David and I don't know that at all. I guess we're too young. Doctor or. Or cross, do one come to mind? I do, yeah. So, I this was probably like I don't know, mid two thousand two thousand five, six, seven, somewhere in that range. Of where, but uh, it was one of those. This is Sports Center. Oh my! If you're taking mine, I hope I am. I would still love to snipe <laughs> you. It's with David Ortiz. Oh! Yes. No. No. Not. Not even that one. It's not even that one. Oh. It, this is one where they're in like it's like a comp like in the ESPN headquarters. They're like this little like meeting room conference from whatever. And uh, I know it's, it's David Ortiz, Jorge Posada and some other Eastern people. I forget who else is in that room, but you saw uh, Posada had like a new hat on and it was like, you know, probably like, yeah, break that in. So he, he takes Posada's hat, Yankees hat, obviously. And he's like breaking to the end. He like puts it on his head. So a Red Sox oh, guy puts yeah. a Yankees hat on his head. He's like trying to break it in. And right at that time, Wally, the Red Sox mascot, walks by in the hallway, sees it, like drops his papers, and just walks off in pure disappointment. That is, I just, I was cracking up first time I saw that. That was that's a really good one. And shout out to all the old ESPN commercials, oh, dude, yeah. those Sports Center commercials. Those, those are amazing. Those, those, I are, those are phenomenal. The, I was gonna go to the other one that Ortiz is in, where he's meeting everyone from Sports Center. He does it, and yeah, then shakes that's, everyone's that's, hand. That's a and good one like, too. They're like really uncomfortable looking. <laughs> and that was before COVID. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that now after COVID. Oh, my gosh. Well, then they'll be able to air that again with after COVID. <laughs> my favorite one is a Twins commercial. So uh, sing it. So that's <laughs> no, not even that one. So I, I've gr- I grew up a huge Twins fan. My fandom's kind of like dissipated over time. Now I'm like more of in the closet Twins fan. Is it, is it the one I'm thinking of? Yes. Uh, so there was one where Johan Santana and Joe Nathan in it and they're both driving and Santana's driving and you see him like drive and then stop and then drive, then stop, then drive and then stop. And then Joe is like, Johnny's like, can you just go normal speed? And he's like, then Johan goes, all you do is fast. And then <laughs> Joe Nathan goes, all you do is change speeds. And he's just like, he's <laughs> going. And then Johan goes, Joe, 
that's how you win Cy Young's, baby. And he's like going full force and then just like suddenly breaking. Full force, <laughs> suddenly breaking. Oh, yeah. it was. It's. I mean, all the old Twins commercials are. Those are the best. Like Michael Kadire good. doing magic shows. How does one stumble upon a Minnesota Twins commercial? I got to know. Uh, there used to be message boards back in the day. And like in, on their website, they would have like some of the commercials. This is the, the good old days. Like I would say this is like back in like like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like it, it was it, it was pretty awesome. When we had Juan Rincon on, we asked her like, how fun was it to to film those commercials? He's like, yeah, it was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> They did, yeah. They, I mean, if you have, if you guys are listening, you want to check them out. I think if you type in like "this is Twins territory" commercials, like they'll pop up. Great. Uh, all right, game of the week. About ten minutes to get this game in here, Marty. So cool. I got ten questions, but we obviously don't need to get through them. This okay. one's going to be very, very simple. So we're going to look at player stats and team stats so far through the first seven weeks of the season. Who are your league leaders? So this is going to test how close you've been paying attention. So we're going to start off with number one. Which team has given up the most home run? Oh, yeah. And just, sorry, rules. Um, two, every question's worth two points. You guess the team or player and then the count the stat. Okay. 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 So, um, yeah, number one. Which team has given up the most home runs and how many have they let up? Do we buzz in or do we go around? No, I'm going to start. Uh, we'll start here with you, Doc. Which team oh, yeah, has given keep, up? Keep your own score. Okay. Which team oh, has geez. given up the most home runs and how many? Yep. I'm not giving you any guesses either. Um, I'm going to go the Rockies and 41. Cross. I'll go Cincinnati and that's 49. Good. Mandy. That's wow. That's, I that's think it's good. It's got to be the Reds. I'll say the Reds and I'll say 53. If we would have done this uh, two weeks ago when I first did the stats, it would have been the Reds, but it's actually the Seattle Mariners. They've given what? up 61 Whoa. home runs. Whoa. So go, look, go look that up. That one threw me threw me for a loop here. I actually double, triple checked it, and it's still up there. So number two is Cincinnati Reds with 56, and then your Boston Red Sox cross with uh, 53. That makes sense. That does make sense. <laughs> uh, number two, which team has walked the least amount of batters so far this season, and how many walks was it? The least amount. Starting with two cross. For the entire season? Entire entire season. Team least amount of walks. I mean, that that seems too obvious, but I can't think of anybody else it might be. I'll go Dodgers. Least amount of walks. We're what, 40-something games in. Dodgers and 85. I don't know. I might be way high. I don't know. Mendy. I'll go Marlins and 69. You would. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to go Yankees and 79. Oh, Yankees are a good guess. The New York Yankees, 110. Oh, so do I get two points? You got one no, point. You, get, you get one point. You didn't get it right. 110 walks. So. The Yankees rotation has been stupid good. I should have. That's, yeah. that's crazy to get the exact amount right, Marty, but all right. Hey, <laughs> you got you to gotta fight for that. Uh, so so does anybody like get a point for the first one or no? No. No. You're no, the only okay. one with the point so far. Nice. Hold on End to it game. tightly. And the game. Cross has a hard out, he said. That's true. He has yeah. nine minutes. Uh, which team uh, has the... I'm, I'm staying till the end. I <laughs> All right, perfect. Which team has the most quality starts? And how many do they have? Uh, Mendy, I think we're starting with you. Whew. Team with the most quality starts. I'll say the Milwaukee Brewers. And I'll say they have 17. Doc. I'm gonna go Padres 
and I'll go 12. Cross. I'm going to go a little off the cusp here. I don't know why. I'll go. No. Okay. I'll, no, I'll go. No, I'll go Miami and 16. I almost went Arizona for some reason. San Diego Padres, but with 23. So a lot more than Doc thought. But Doc, that's your second one. Are we doing some Googling here before we? Uh... No, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just Everyone, thinking of Joey. I'm just thinking of Joey Musgrove's a quality start every time. That is out. that is true. Yeah, Cross, that you is, have a new assignment as well. Watch his eyes. You can see the reflection of the computer in his eyes. If something <laughs> changes, we know. Well, he also has that. He has that second laptop next to him. So <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's broken. This is this is black right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure mm-hmm. it is. That's it's a good it. screensaver. <laughs> All right. Uh, which team has hit the most home runs, and how many have they hit the most home runs as a team? Uh, back to you, Doc. Most home runs. Um, it's got to be the Yankees, and I'm gonna go ninety-seven. Cross ninety-seven. My word, they hitting three home runs a game. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is the Yankees though, because Aaron Judge has like five hundred on, on his own. I'm trying to think real quick if there's any other team that pops up. Now I'll go the Yankees and I'll go 64. I feel like it's going to be an off brand team like the Angels. And I'll say 74. Cross, you almost made my heart drop. It is the New York Yankees, and it's not, but it's not 64. It's 63. Oh, 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 Oh. holy moly. But do I get get the point point. because I was closer? <laughs> yeah, you know, just for the Yankees. You only get a point if you're on the money. I like All it, Marty. Right. Yep, keep, us straight, keep us honest. All right, so is it 3-1-0? Second yep. All right. Now this is moving into player stats. Which pitcher is leading baseball in strikeouts and how many do they have? Starting with you, Cross. Oh, it's this is easy. Or is it easy? Wait a minute. I know who it is. Of course, you know who it is. I just, I just thought of who it is. It's Dylan Cease, and what's he in nine stars? So we'll say Dylan Cease. I'll go ninety-one. Mendy. Yeah, it's uh, Shane McClanahan and Dylan Cease are fighting at the top, and each one takes the lead when they start. So it, it, Dylan Cease, I'm pretty sure, and I'll say ninety-four. Dylan Cease and nah. eighty-seven. You guys did. You were very close, but you should have went with Shane McClanahan. He is no, your strikeout leader it. with seventy-four strikeouts. Oh, he went back. At, I knew. I knew ninety-one was too high too. I thought you were right because, like, like Cross, nine, I thought you were going to get it with all your well, your last. I think three out of your last five tweets are about Shane McClanahan. <laughs> <laughs> that's about that's about the going rate these days. I love him, but yeah, I th- I thought like like many said there was like a back and forth thing, and I could have sworn last time I looked, which wasn't too long ago. I thought I saw Cease ahead. That's why I went Cease. He was as of last week and the week before. But uh, he said he's had a couple of blow up or not not blow up but bad. I had like three Ks against the Red Sox, which I think that's why he didn't. Pass that's probably yeah. McClanahan's like six seven at least every game. Yeah, I should have won McClanahan. I feel bad now. I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> good, good. Uh, you know, I would have picked him. I would have picked him had I gone first. So thanks for throwing me All off. Right. Number You're six, welcome. who leads baseball in quality starts and how many do they have? Quality starts only. Who's who's starting? I've already forgotten. Uh, me. Um, I'll say Corbin Burns and I'll say, I'll say eight. Joey Musgrove with nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe Musgrove. I'll, I'll say eight. Joe Musgrove. 
Joe Musgrove, eight. Dang, dog. Two-pointer. Two-pointer. Wait, Doc, how many points do you have? I got four. You got three. I got got three. All right, one behind. Do I have any? No. Holy moly, I'm sucking. (laughs) I I think I'm like bad luck for you. Whenever I come on the show, I feel like you don't fare well in the game. Marty, how many questions do we have left? You're my my kryptonite. We have four left. Four left? All right. Ah! Four minutes and four left. I'm coming up on you, Doc. Come on. Ah! Of Of qualifying starting pitchers, who has the highest ERA in baseball? And what's the ERA, Doc? It's Vladimir Gutierrez, eight point eight seven. Cross. That was very quick and all specific. <laughs> um, I thought about putting out a tweet the other day asking if there was a pitcher worse than him because I feel like he just gets shelled every time. He is terrible. So you said qualified starter, right, Marty? Oh, qualifying starters. Qualified. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll say. Patrick Corbin, I'm trying to like look back to his reference page that I was just on about five minutes ago. Six eighty-seven. My bet, my guess was going to be Patrick Corbin, but I think his ERA I thought was in like in the sevens. I'll say Patrick be. Corbin seven two four. Yeah, Patrick Corbin's actually had some pretty decent starts. Yeah, he has. So it has gone down because he was the leader of this as of two weeks ago. But now it's Tyler Molly six point three two. Oh, oh wow! Speaking to the um, yeah, the Cincinnati at? Reds. Does Vladimir Gutierrez not qualify? He he, he may not. I don't have it up. Oh, what? Corbin might not. Corbin's a six sixty. He might not qualify. What? Yeah. What? what? I use ESPN, but don't look it up. But wait, just wait, and you can yell at me if they're wrong later. Okay. I just want to look at his stat. Is that going to? We got to get these last three in Doc. Okay. 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 <laughs> Who has given up the most home runs in baseball? How many? Oh, I feel like I should know this. Oh, I have, a, I have a name in my head. Who I think first? you go first, Cross. Yeah. Do I go first? Yep. It's one of the. I think it's one of these two guys. I'll go. Nah, he's done better the last few. I'll go Tyler Molly and uh, fourteen. D Mendy. I'll go Robbie Ray, mm. and I'll go twelve. Doc. I, the first one that came to my mind is Tyler Molly because he's been getting shelled. Um, I'm going to go Tyler Molly and I will go 12. Cross, I'm surprised you didn't get it. It's your boy, Nathan Avaldi, 15 home runs. I wow. see, I you see that many home runs. He gave uh-huh. up five in that one start. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, yeah. The, the, I'm, I'm trying to blank that start out of my memory. Yeah, no, <laughs> he, he has been pretty, oh, pretty bad gosh. this year. That's, that's, yeah. All right, the ninth question, the second to last question. Um, what, let's do a who? What's the scores? What do we got? I got four, four, That's three. 10. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. All right, number nine. Who has the highest WAR so far this season? And what is it? D. Mendy, starting with you. Highest go, WAR. Mike Trout, and I'll say four point three. Doc, I'm gonna go Manny Machado, four point one. Okay, cross. I'll go. I'll go. Aaron Judge three point nine. Aaron Judge is making a big, big jump, but it's still Manny Machado three point three WAR. Oh, let's go! All right, and then going into the last one, number ten, who has the most at bats in all of baseball? Ooh, 
Ooh, the most at bats. I mean, God. Cross. If I don't get this, and you get the player and the at bats right, <laughs> I, that's, like, that's just be that, the greatest comeback in the history of like that games. Would be, that would be amazing. If only I had Britton Allen right here for his lineup thing. Um, most at bats. I'll go. Cedric Mullins, one thirty-one. Cross. That is a good one. I'm trying to think of leadoff hitters that are just always playing. I'll go. No, he was injured. Shoot. Um, I can't pick Cedric Mullins. That's a, that's a good one, though. Do no. it. Come on. No, no, Come no. On. Stra- strategy. Strategy. Come on. To... Isn't it worth getting the right answer? No. I still lose. <laughs> you got to go, go for the gold. Come on, Cross. Uh, we have the same hurts name. This guy might have been hurt. I can't remember, but I'll, I'll say Whit Merrifield and one. 45. That's good. Yes. I'll, I saw uh, he just got hurt, but I, I feel like there's a chance it might be him. Jeff McNeil. I'll say 137. Is the man no one had in their minds. Cesar Hernandez, 186 at bats. <laughs> wow. That's pretty wild. Isn't that what I said? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, uh, Doc, how, you, how is it important, Doc? I was going to ask what qualifies for Vladimir Gutierrez because. He has a 8.7 ERA in 30 innings. I ask ESPN. I don't know what the qualifying thing is. I think it's what did they say it was? Uh, like for pitchers, like averaging an inning per team game played or something like that. Okay, so then he he gets shelled, so he doesn't even get there. But David, tell me I won. Eric, you lost. <laughs> yeah, I know. Eric Cross lost, but this, Doc this. won. Well, hey, I got second place. You know. Second one, three. Did David get a single point? No. Yeah, I was. I got shut out. But that, it's hard to put up points in that game. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Eric, thanks, Eric Cross. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's always a blast having you here. Please plug all the great stuff you're doing. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's always fun. I, I, I always come on for at least the game. The games are always intriguing, and obviously <laughs> all the talk is great as well. Uh, yeah, you find me on Twitter at Eric Cross zero four. Uh, got all my written work at Fantrax HQ. I do one article a week at Fantasy Pros as well. Got the Patreon with Chris Clegg and obviously the Fantrax Toolshed podcast as well. So staying busy. That he does. A, a very busy man, a very knowledgeable man, and uh, a do it all thing in the fantasy baseball space. So check him out Twitter, Patreon, all the great stuff. And then, of course, for you guys here watching the stream, thank you guys for tuning in on YouTube. Please make sure you subscribe, like the video, leave a comment. You can leave a uh, emoji at the bottom saying how bad I am at games. I don't care. Leaving like a, a, a fire emoji for Doc and his winning somehow. Whatever you want to leave there, it's always appreciated. On the podcast version, please make your, sure you're subscribed there. And until the next one, guys, we're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buttons. Catch you all next one. <laughs>